I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Our guest for this episode of Thriving Matters podcast is a powerhouse within herself. Jules Brook is the... I'm going to say the force behind PR in Australia (laughs) and globally. Jules is the, is she's the boss in all things, podcast, YouTube, her chats and handling your own PR. Now, Jules, all our listeners know that our guests give us a, a, a bit of how it is that they thrive in their life and work. And so for our first question today, apart from saying hello and welcome. <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to put you right on the spot and say, thriving matters, Jules. How does it matter to you and what gets you out of bed each day? Well, I love my, my job, I have to say, and I am my own boss, so I love my boss as well. Uh, so that's what gets me bouncing out of bed every day. And as you so very kindly said, and I'm sure nobody would believe how amazing you made me sound to be, but I loved it. Um, so I have two businesses. One is Handle Your Own PR, and I set that up on the back of the GFC in 2009. Um, and my other business is She's the Boss. And that really, it started just before the lockdowns last year, but actually it thrived in the lockdowns. And I guess what really gets me out of bed is helping small business owners and women in particular shine. (laughs) I just want everyone to realise how amazing they all are. Oh, but what a great example of how to thrive in uh, situations that aren't optimal or total surprise situations. No, none of us would have thought there would be a pandemic. No, um, the last <laughs> not at year. all. No, no one expects the global markets to crash. No. <laughs> um, but we, we're getting used to some of, some of that expectation. But it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Thriving doesn't mean that it's easy and glamorous and glossy all the time. Our life and our work, um, it does flow together. Um, and how we thrive, how we make sense of the days where it's not so optimal and days where we're really being tried and tested and challenged um, brings forward a lot of our skills. So I think the pandemic has been a situation for us all to learn from, um, even though it's been pretty tough. And I know you're based in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney. You've had lengthier um, shutdowns. We have. We had seven months last year and we've had two so far this year. And That's right. That's right. But when I look across the globe, we've got experiences that vary according to population, country, regulations, economic status. I mean, it's it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, it's funny, though, isn't it? Because one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that you thrive, I think, against adversity. I mean, what 
entrepreneurial people like to do is solve problems. And so when a massive problem comes along, it's often the impetus to start doing new things. And I mean, I think traditionally over the years, I was reading something a while ago where it said that crises um, are, are what spark off innovation. I mean, that is very much true. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, once I recover from the, oh my God, which never, I, I don't know why, I don't really mind change. So it doesn't freak me out as much as it does some people, but then I start thinking of the opportunities. And I think what happened last year with the pandemic and the lockdown was so sort of shocking that initially what I realized is that there were a lot of women around me who I really rate, who I think are fabulous and are running businesses who just spiraled, who started saying things to me like, my career is over. Like there's, there's no point me doing what I'm doing because we can't do international events or I can't travel or, you know, I mean, right down to a friend of mine locally who, um, owns co-working spaces and she said well I can't do that either and her husband owns a bar so the two of them were in a terrible state but I think it was that that made me suddenly step up and think actually I'm good in these kind of situations and I like helping people so I started She's the Boss and started some online lunches for people and that was amazing that really connected me with a whole lot of people all over Australia that needed the support you know and then all of a sudden it, we sort of built this group where everyone's supporting each other which is something that's very close to my heart well that really comes um through in being able to connect to collaborate doesn't it i mean yes we, we talk about relationships and how to do them well even when we're in um high emotional states yeah when we yep. when we've had the wall you know the rug pulled out from under our feet when our incomes have just disappeared into nothing yeah still a way forward um last year and the year before I had to entertain myself so in a way <laughs> in a way I traveled around the world uh with global leaders thrive and with thriving conversations and with thriving matters podcast yeah so so I could connect so and I have made the most amazing connections the goodness in people and the generosity I have found during this time to be phenomenal. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. yeah. So and I mean, I, I hate to think of a a, neg a crisis as a gift, but sometimes I do think that things like the pandemic and the GFC last time, once we get over, I mean, and I'm not talking about for everyone, and we know there are people who got mm. trapped in horrible situations, but that aside, it is a bit of a gift. We The, the world stopped. The rivers started running clear. The skies were clear. I mean, the, the shots of, I was in India a couple of years ago and the shots of Delhi, which where you literally wouldn't have been able to see. If you held your hand out in front of you, you'd hardly be able to see it for the smog. And then mm. suddenly shots of Delhi with you, you know, the Himalayas in the background that you wouldn't have even known were there. It was well, amazing. They were, they were astonishing, weren't they? <coughs> yeah. Just, just as um, COVID did, did hit. We had a we had a tour to India organised. So right. in, instead of going face to face, we uh, we did it through Zoom. We just we built a whole program around Asia, Africa, you know, Europe. Amazing. And and so it, there there were some gifts in all this if you were able to look at things differently. So for me, I think thriving, so. Thriving is a mindset as well. Yes, I I, so, I absolutely mm. agree, and I think. Another of the great gifts that came out of COVID is how it has made a, a lot more people than ever before understand that you, we can contact each other like in Zoom. 
you know, this whole idea of video conferencing that everyone thought, oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I was doing it a lot, but I work in that kind of online space. I think what it did was bring massive communities online, mm. which now means that, as you say, we can talk to people in India and in the UK. And I was interviewing someone in Iceland recently, and it's like they're around the corner. Yeah, it, it's, it's just it's wonderful. Amazing. If we can get the time zones right, they are. Yeah, well, there is that. (laughs) (laughs) But Jules, it's it's stunning, isn't it? Um, The crisis has given us an opportunity to do things differently. And and some of the uh, mechanisms that we had to uh, look at our self-worth, to understand that we're doing something that's going to, that will leave some type of impression or assistance for somebody all comes down to our relationships and yeah. how we go about them. So being able to access a screen to me is far better than not being able to speak to anybody at all. And, oh, and that, I, I, I love it. I think it's um I think it's done a whole lot of things. Firstly, anyone who's disabled, anyone who's incredibly shy, anybody who lives in rural areas that can't easily get out and network, all of a sudden have that opportunity. I think also, and I mean, I've talked about this a bit, but I think being on Zoom is a fantastic leveller in that (laughs) all of a sudden we don't care what car you drive. We don't care whether you're wearing really expensive clothes or not, how well your hair has been done, how fat your bottom is. None of that matters anymore. We're all just heads on a screen and it's what's coming out of your mouth and what's between your ears that really becomes of interest. And I love that. I find that nearly any group that I'm part of, the roar of laughter is always there. Like somebody's yes. cracking. Like you, you really have to listen. I think my listening has gotten better. Um, and today I was actually uh, on, on a Zoom with Alan Stevens, who's a facial recognition expert. Now oh, he, gosh. Yes. <laughs> How was that? Oh, well, <laughs> it, very interesting. So if you want to learn more about the way you come across yeah. He's got. He's actually got um, a, a course available, which is uh, there's there's a free component to it, and then there's a masterclass that you can do. But right. unbeknownst to me, I this is part of my thriving. When I said to you, I connected all around the world. Unbeknownst to me, last year, I met through an Irish connection a gentleman called Joseph Maguire. He's also facial recognition, but he has his craft is based in very ancient techniques. ancient Chinese techniques unbeknownst to me I meet Alan through another group and I said to Alan I could put two of you together do you know so and so no I don't so I was able to connect them and I get a call this year to say hey Carrie we're doing a project together and I I just went wow that is so cool I didn't think I'll bugger it they didn't ask me to be involved in the work I just went how good is that yes yes I've done that a bit with um, people over the last year and also um, you know I think it's really nice being able to connect well firstly I have been able to reach out and 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 you you mentioned I do a podcast I do a podcast and a YouTube series where I interview female founders and I've been able to reach out to some seriously (laughs) like intimidatingly successful women in a lot of ways. And again, once you speak with them online, we're, we're all just so equal. And um, I have managed to connect a few quite big high flyers to each other. And they've come back and said, yep, we're doing things together. And it is very satisfying. But it's it just is. as satisfying doing it for somebody who's got an amazing purpose driven startup, who needs a leg up and introducing them to somebody who 
you know is successful but in that space you know so that's right I don't mind who it is I just like connecting people and my brain is constantly firing with how could that person who could I introduce that person to that would be able to do something amazing together <laughs> it's like it's like the force connector really <laughs> it is um, it's interesting, though, when, when you talk about, um, you know, everyone talks about, oh, look, I love this author or this person has been an amazing mentor to me. Um, but I, I ask everybody, has there been a situation in your life, a person in your life, um, maybe something that you've come across that's really altered the way you now show up in how you do things? Oh my God, Carrie, I, 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 there have been a lot. <laughs> Starting with, and there are two people that stand out in my mind. One was when I was, hang on, I've got a cough, hold it. <clears throat> One was when I was about 19 and I had, my, it was really the second job I ever had on a local newspaper and the woman, and I was a sales rep, I was an advertising rep. And there was a woman there who was our boss who was it must have been in her late 30s I think now but I remember at the time thinking oh my god she's so old anyway just a <laughs> child when I think about it now but I always remember her saying to me opportunities happen when you let go and I just didn't really get it at the time and it has absolutely become my motto in life now so whenever anyone says to me What's a favourite quote? I use that one. And the reason is I, that I didn't really get it at the time. I, I was thinking, what does she mean about, you know, opportunities will happen? And the best way I could relate it to anyone who's listening is if you're working in a job, even if you hate your job, nobody is going to approach you to say, would you come and work for me or could we do this project together if they think that you're already employed and therefore, you know, out of their reach. The moment you let go is the moment that all these people will start coming to you going, oh, now that you've left, I was wondering if you'd do this or I thought you might like to do that. So that's just a really, I, I think, really obvious example of what I mean by um, opportunities happen. But I'm a big one for letting go and just seeing what happens. <laughs> so I really like that. The other, the other really, and so with that, I, I guess I've had an attitude that, I'm up for doing anything. I don't, um, in the times that I have been employed, I have not been worried about when the job has ended. In fact, I, I was quite famously in London made redundant from my job when I worked in an ad agency. And I remember running through the building going, I've been made redundant. I've been made redundant. And they were all looking at me like, aren't you devastated? And I was like, well, no, because no. I've had to be paid out. For, I mean, it was only a month because I was working in London, but I have, you know, and I managed to get myself another job starting like two days later as a freelancer. So um, I've always thought, yeah, that, that, you know, opportunities will happen. The other thing that has happened that's had a really profound difference to me was a guy in Sydney called Paul Lang. Now, Paul and I met because we were judges for a pitch fest event for an innovation thing. And I remember meeting him and he had he, he announced that he had just lost 50. 50 kilos and I was like oh my god what kind of this I just had this vision of this absolutely ginormous man that he must have been before anyway we just got on really really well he calls himself the hedonist enter entrepreneur and I just thought that was so funny uh, <laughs> that I, I wanted so we stayed in touch and then I with my business handle your own PR did the somewhat crazy thing that I wouldn't recommend anybody does but talk about letting go I sold my house and decided I would use the money to fund my business 
So I did that and I met a guy who basically said to me, look, I'll, I can help you. We'll build a SaaS platform, which for anyone out there who might not know software as a service, it's, it's very topical at the moment. It's really about having a website where you do whatever you need to do on the website. Mm, and in my yep. case, I built a PR one. And this guy sort of said to me, you should do it. And I said, yep, yep, great. And two thirds of the way through when all the money had run out. So all the money from my house and all the money that I'd earned, I was, I think I literally had got it down to $500 before I squawked, something like that. And I went to this guy and I said, we are literally out of money. So what are we going to do? You know, now is the time to roll up our sleeves and start bootstrapping. And he said, no, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't work like that. I'm, I'm not interested. And I was like, but you've asked me to give you part of my business. I've given you all this money. You said it was going to be ready ages ago. It's not ready. To, we can't even use it. And he went, no, I'm out of here. Now, it's times like that that you go, Whoa. oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, I mean, I always freeze in that situation. I'm like, what am I going to do? And then this guy, I rang Paul. And I said to him, <clears throat> I don't know what to do. You know, this is what's happened. And he was just amazing. And he basically got me into the world of digital in a way that I don't think I had really embraced. Like I'd always prior to that said, I'll run the webinar, but you set it up for me. You be there to help me and I'll just do the speaking kind of thing. And um, he came on board and he helped me. I didn't even know about automated emails. I didn't know what a landing page was. I didn't know what tracking links were. And <laughs> he, language. <laughs> I know. And he literally dragged me kicking and screaming, but not too loudly into the digital world and really uh -huh. changed my changed my life that way uh -huh. um, and, and made me understand how a, an online business could really work. Oh, wow. What a fabulous story. <laughs> what a there fabulous story. And you one making smiling. me cry and you one making me laugh. <laughs> yeah, but you still, you still can get out of bed each day and go, right, what's today going to bring? What's the oh, opportunity? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's... Always so much that you can do. <laughs> but it goes back to people's innate generosity, I believe. Um, and look, there are narcissists, yes. But I believe on the whole that people are intrinsically good. Um, and I do think like attracts like. So yeah. if you are good out there in the world and you do favours for people in, in general, yeah. not always, yeah. but in general, they'll do the same for you. It comes back somehow yes. with, with, yes. with what's possible. So, Jules, that's an interesting story because... Um, these days, people are saying, look, we don't really go for large corporations anymore, large um, businesses. We're actually looking at the person behind either the product oh, or the right. brand. Yeah. And um, so your, um, your genuine uh, generosity in, in all things, the way that you're able to connect with people in relationship, that shines through. So for me, that would be a magnet. Not everybody thinks that way, but um, when you're when you're looking, especially when you're working by yourself, and I've come out of a large organisation and now working right. working for me, um, I need I know I need a community, and yep. I need people who will uh, challenge, people who will say, "Have you thought about this?" People who will have your back, who will say, "Actually, yeah, we've got half an hour for you, Carrie. What what is it we yes. you know? How can we do this?" Um, but I'm finding the generosity is is actually heartfelt. So I, I talk a lot about human-centred and heart-centred um, 
leadership. And that's right. basically even when you're in your own business, you are a leader within your own life. Absolutely, yeah. And, and often that get over, gets overlooked, I believe, by those looking in on it going, yeah, but you're an entrepreneur. They're, 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 all, they're all, you know, only about themselves. Well, I actually don't believe that to be true. More and no. more people, more and more entrepreneurs have a social outreach they yes. have they have well, they're building commitment. communities they're building they build, communities yes. themselves yeah. Yeah. so it's all well and good to say they're not leaders but I mean I've got I don't know 5,000 in fact probably 15,000 people across my social channels I am leading them in my own little way that's right and and um yeah and I and I think you've got to apply the same sort of skills that you would as a as a leader in business but you know, the, the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is that you can be yourself, I think, probably more than you can in a corporate. And I, and I haven't worked in corporates for a long, long time, but I know that there is a lot, uh, uh, there is definitely an element of towing the corporate line and, you know, the, the company's philosophy. The beautiful thing about working for yourself is you are able literally to be yourself. And if that's polarizing and some people love you and some people hate you, well, great. The people that don't love you can go and find their, their person. But the ones that do love you, you know, you can grow that community and you're being totally authentic. So yes. you're not kind of saying, oh, I'll be on my best behaviour while I'm at work or when I'm with those people. You're just totally authentic and it either works or doesn't. And, you know, there's plenty more people, there's plenty more fish in the sea and plenty more people that will oh. you can find to bring in if, if, you know, if half the people that you are dealing with don't like you. I, I think there's an abundance of people that you can find that that you can yep. be you can belong to you find your people i i just had a memory while you were telling me about the the niche and the organization the one of someone who i to totally respect said to me after we had worked together at one stage and then separated and then yeah. came back in the last few years he looked at me when he when i rang him and said congratulations you know we'll be working together again and he said as long as you don't bring out the feather boas <laughs> So when I, I love you I, already. <laughs> and and so there was one particular workshop we did together. And of course, I bought some hats out. And he looked at me and I said, You said feather bowers. You didn't say anything about hats. <laughs> <laughs> and so that 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 total enjoyment of of um, putting yourself in a different space. Yeah. So you can learn, you can re, you can actually put things into action. That's what I think the communities are all about. We we all work off each other. Absolutely. Oh, and to yeah. go back to your um, the name of your business, we want everyone to thrive. I mean, I don't think there is any benefit to anyone in just having the leader being successful and all the rest of the people around them not being successful. Oh. The more you can lift people up, the, the better it is. And of course, you and I have a, have a couple more years under our belt. And we know that those people turn around, you know, whoever you're mean to when they were a secretary, when they were 21, ends up being a CEO of a massive organisation. <laughs> and we all remember those things. So, you know, <laughs> be, care, be care. I always say you've got to be on your best behaviour regardless of where you are, because you just never know who's going to turn <laughs> up and go. I mean, I, one of my favourite ones, I remember being in Hong Kong once and I was working for a uh, um, an independent publisher in Australia called Peter Isaacson Publications. He was he was a very big company, did yeah, the Sunday Observer. And, and I'd gone, I, I was working for him and over Christmas, you know, we used to, my family's all in Ireland. And so we used to go over there for a long holiday and I have three brothers and this was the year that all my brothers had finished school and mum and dad had said, right, we're all going to go over to Ireland, see the family now. 
And uh, on the way, we went to Hong Kong. And I will never forget sitting in the foyer and having this voice go, Jules Brook, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be in the office? And it was Peter Isaacson. And I thought, God, you just cannot get away anywhere. And there was another time I was walking down Carnaby Street in London and this voice went, Julianne Brooke. And I went, oh, my God. And it was a girl I'd gone to school with, you know, <laughs> like That's you it. just, yeah, 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 just so. We find connections, yeah. You've got to be oh. authentic everywhere and on your best behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jules, this, um, she's the boss. Yep. What was the what was the underlying premise um, for for naming it? She's the boss, and what sort of is the thriving element? <clears throat> okay, so she's the boss. I I I came to the conclusion quite early. Well, it, it sort of mid two thousand and nineteen, and I guess it had always been there in the back of my mind. But it occurred to me that there were you, you just rarely see older women and successful women in business on television. So that's really kind of where it started. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And so um, I had a show on a thing called Ticker TV for a while. From that, I realised that I have this, I don't. I mean, I thought it was happening everywhere, but it isn't. And, and I just wanted to put the spotlight on all the incredible purpose-driven businesses there are, are out there that are being run by women. And let me tell you, I thought there might be 20. I've now interviewed more than 150 women and I don't think I've even scraped the bottom of the barrel. So No, no, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just everywhere. So, um, so my mission, I guess, with She's the Boss is to shine the spotlight on female founders and women doing extraordinary things in business. I think that we do see, there aren't a lot of them, but we do see female CEOs in the news because they've been brought on to talk about something. Mm -hmm. um, but you really don't hear a lot about women running their own businesses unless they are Melanie Perkins who started Canva or, you know, somebody yeah. who's created something absolutely massive. So that was really what kind of got me out of bed. And the more I have gone down this route, the more it is just putting a fire in my belly and a passion that I love doing what I'm doing. And I, the more I look around and realise that it's just not happening anywhere, there is to an extent there is, there are women's groups, there are podcasts that are interviewing women. There's some, there's even women's radio shows. There's just nothing on television <laughs> yes. other than lifestyle stuff. And it just kind of struck me last year and I thought, that's it. So my big ultimate goal is I'm going to start a TV network for women in business, a global one, because it's needed. And the more research I do, the more I realise there's this gaping hole out there. So Ooh. that's really that's really why I've done what I've done. And, and, and that's... That's where my passion is. And, and, you know, I'm 54 now, so I'm ready to do this for another 10 years and then that'll be it for me. But I really want to have a legacy for young women to make them realise whatever shape or size they are, whatever colour their skin is, you know, and, and whatever that anything about them, it doesn't matter. Everyone can be successful. And I just don't think we see that at the moment. Well, we've got the best example of this is possible. Even when we've got a health issue, yeah. we can still connect. So everyone's talking AI and how uh, jobs would be taken away from people. I'd say now there are more creative uses and developments of business across the globe than ever before. And yeah. AI and IT, uh, anything digital is helping us get there. Yeah, it's definitely going to play. And it's all about the people that are creating that anyway. I mean, as they're yeah. good people, then they'll create good things with it. 
There are some, some uh, sensational uh, examples of how to pivot or how to adapt, build your business. Have a look at what Netflix has done. Uh, yes. Look at what LinkedIn basically has done, now owned by Microsoft. Yes. Uh, across, the, across the globe. And then you there go Uber. Amazing... Yeah, oh. I mean, Uber. And then in, in Melbourne, we have this amazing woman, George McEncrow, I don't know if you've heard of it, who started Sheba. Because, of course, oh, yes. if you're going to have Uber... The problem has been for a lot of women, particularly, and it, and it struck, it, it did affect me as well, was asking a, a taxi or an Uber driver to go and pick up my son. So he'd had an injury at school. I sent the taxi there and the message came back, sorry, couldn't find him, so I left. And I oh. remember thinking, what do you do when you've got a 12-year-old and they're miles away and you can't get to them? And then when she started Sheba, I thought this is perfect. So it was set up exactly for those reasons, so that you know that a woman will be picking up your children and a woman is not going to go off and leave kids there. You know, they're going to go looking for them a lot harder. And, uh, and um, a, a little bit yeah. more AI, a little bit more emotional intelligence for yeah, that's the situation right, that's right. and not reacting and leaving. No, um, and that's right. And also if you're a drunk woman, it's scary in a cab sometimes. I mean, I'm not saying all cab drivers are like that, but how much better if a woman can pick you up you know you're going to be safe, even if they have to pull you out of the cab at the other end. They're going to wait till you're in the front door, you know. And I remember saying that to one of the women. I said, what if you have a drunk woman? Because there'd just been another taxi driver who'd raped a, a woman that I've read about. And I said, what if the woman is really drunk? Do you take her to the front door? And she said, no, because if there is somebody waiting in the bushes, then they're going to jump on two women. But we always ask the, the driver to wait until the woman's got inside before they okay. leave. And I just thought tiny, tiny little change, but, you know, massive difference to a lot of people. That's, so that's it. Yeah. Um, and innovation it, everywhere. That's right. And that's, that goes to this whole notion of thriving because you, we're, we're looking at ways that we can bounce back from situations, think yes. through, make the best choices, best decisions, look at our, our safety issues and that they're, they're, they're big for, for women. Yeah. So, Jules, if there was one thing that you wanted to leave the world with and it was a piece of advice and I said to you, you've got 24 hours, Jules, and then curtains closed, honey, you're not going to be here. Right. What would it be? Um, look, I have literally just been looking up quotes and I absolutely love the quote that says, be the kind of person that will mention someone's name in a room full of opportunities what I would do if I only had 24 hours, I think, is I would start seriously connecting all the people that I think would be able to make a difference in the world together. Oh, beautiful. And that's exactly <laughs> your remit. That's exactly how I've, I've bumped into you. So thank, thank you so much for that. <laughs> no, my pleasure. But I, just, I just think that the magic of being able to sort of not only introduce people but suggest this is what you guys could do together is I just love it and I love it yeah. when it when people take that you know take advantage and off they go now Jules if people at least just wanted to to get in contact with you yeah just give us your best contact details okay best contact details are I would say Jules Brooke on LinkedIn and I'm the one with pink hair so there wouldn't be a lot of them um and uh I don't know do, do you do email addresses I, I yes, or you can yep. go yep so Jules at handleyourownpr.com.au and you'll mm -hmm. find um, my website's at handle your own PR, which is literally spelt the same way that you would expect to sell it. So spell it.com.au or she's the boss.com.au. 
And there are some fantastic podcasts. There are some fantastic YouTube clips. Oh, there are. Thank you. Uh, the chats are amazing. And so, listeners, I would say to you, please spend, allocate, put in a small amount of time just to, to pop one of those into your diary. It's a must-do, Jules Brooks' podcast and her chats. And if you are in business, um, I would suggest having um, a check out of Jules's PR. Have a handle your own PR. Mm. Yeah, website. So, listeners, if you'd like to know a little bit more about what I do, Carrie Benedet, you can find me on all socials. You can also find me under Global Leaders Thrive, our program that's linking leadership, business and education together. But you know what, Jules? Usually at the end of all this, we have a bit of a call to action and I love that last quote of yours. And I wrote, yes. it, down. I wrote it down. Be the kind of person who, um, who, who would mention, mention someone's, someone's name. name in a room of opportunities. Yeah. It's gold. So, it's a great motto, isn't it, really? Isn't if you it? can be that person and be yeah. generous about sharing, you know, the amazing things other people are doing. I, yeah. I just think that, that that's what makes the world go round. So I love, I've had a great conversation this afternoon. Thank you so much. It's been fabulous. And listeners, if you pop onto your favourite podcast platform, everybody likes a little bit of love and a review. We've just oh, yes. hit 3,000 downloads um, and it took a week from 2,000 downloads to get to 3,000. So I'm a little bit wow. So So Jules... I'm declaring that I think this might help us to get to the next milestone. What do you reckon? Oh, well, I hope so. That is brilliant. Congratulations. That's wonderful. That's, that's a pleasure. So everybody, just know that your thriving matters, that you are precious, and make sure you reach out to someone who isn't doing as well today and just give them a boost for their thriving. Yes, absolutely. See you next episode. Thanks again, Jules, for your time. Great chat. Thanks, Carrie. I'm Carrie Benedet, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. <laughs>